The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. Today is episode 80. What up? Wow. Is, is that a milestone? I don't know. I Probably not. Was 75 supposed to be a milestone? Dude, I threw a party. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, you weren't invited. I just threw a party. Uh, but I, I bet if you count those half episodes we did for a while, we're closer to a hundred. <laughs> I love how we we love to like talk about those half episodes, like right at the top of the show, every show. You know, well, they were weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we did those. Um, it, it, <laughs> eh. Anyway, there was yeah, a reason. Yeah, today we actually are going to be doing a double feature. Plus a what a, a short story, so yeah. uh, that's what we'll be reviewing. Uh, we're going to be covering XX, the new uh, f- all female directed anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always get this name wrong, but I believe that it's I don't feel at home in this world anymore. That is correct. And also, where the monsters live by Duncan Ralston. But yeah. before we get it, into the jam-packed show today, I know, dude, every episode is just better than the last, right? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> uh, uh, I think we peaked with that uh, Billy Garbarina interview. Yeah, episode one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, before we do that, what you got as far as news go, because I don't have, I only have one thing. Okay. I mean, I got I got a couple of like, I guess, trailers uh-huh. I want to talk about and then like a slight announcement that I heard about. OK. Ac- according to Business Insider, <laughs> which is which is a weird place to get your movie news. Yeah. Well, but, go, yeah. go ahead. OK. Um, so a couple trailers. Uh-huh. Number one, you see that new Alien Covenant trailer? Yeah, I did. How do you feel about it? Okay. Wait, which wait, did you see the one with the actual aliens in it? Or did you see the one where they were just like all bullshitting around a table? The aliens. Okay. Um, I have I'm of mixed feelings about it because honestly, the only alien films that I've really actually liked have been one and two. So mm-hmm. and those were more straight horror. You know, yeah. they were sci fi horror, but they were definitely scary. I don't really enjoy the action aliens, and and this looks like it's going to be one a, an extension of Prometheus, but also a, an action movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I see where you're coming from. I do say like number one, like Alien, mm-hmm. still genuinely freaks me out. Yeah, it's a scary movie. Like <laughs> yeah. I like it a lot. Like it's so creepy. I mean, it's not like the scariest movie of all time, but it's really, really cre- uh, creepy and claustrophobic. Yeah. And so 
I I don't know. I, I just kind of miss that instead of this. I kind of watched them back to back with the Kong Skull Island trailer, which that one looks really gr- you know, like really, really good. But at the same yeah, time, they, I love that too. Yeah, they kind of look like the same type of movie, you know? It's like a big blockbuster budget creature feature that's not scary, not just like, oh no, let's defeat the creature, you know? I don't I don't know. I I think the the covenant one still looked pretty creepy. Yeah. You know, it still it still had um a lot of like claustrophobic feeling shots except for those wide open shots of them in fields. We'll see. Yeah. And see, <laughs> I didn't like Prometheus that much. Um did you? Actually, I actually rewatched it again yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen it twice now. Yeah, I saw it in theaters and uh me and Kelsey went and saw it and she wasn't as familiar with the alien films, so for her this was kind of, you know, cuz you don't really have to know much no. about the alien films for Prometheus. It very loosely ties into it. You it's know? probably better that way. <laughs> yeah. And she <laughs> she really enjoyed it. But the whole time I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I actually liked it. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions that maybe if they actually do Prometheus 2 will start to answer. Because, like, that's the thing is it's a prequel, right? But it was set up as the first of three prequels. So it wasn't going to make any sense until you see Prometheus 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. So, well, I mean... And I think that's what gave it a lot of flack. Yeah, that it, it, people were touting it too much as an alien film versus a completely different thing. Yeah. 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 I could see that. But... Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited, you're real, real excited about it or what? I, I am. And also James Franco's in it. For some unknown reason. <laughs> well. Him and uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride are in an alien movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and, well, you know him, but the listeners don't. But a friend of ours, uh, Jaime, we were talking about this the other day. And it's kind of cool. Both of us are fans of Danny McBride. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool that he is... Uh, trying to do different things because he's great, but up till now he's kind of just given one performance over and over, you know. Yeah. And so with this plus, you know, him and uh, uh what's the guy, David Gordon Green, uh, doing the new Halloween reboot. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of cool, you know, just seeing him diversify intentionally. Yeah. Uh, is really cool because otherwise, you know, he's he's a one trick pony and it's a great trick. It's hilarious. <laughs> but but I don't know. I've been impressed by this. Uh, I even liked his acting. What little there was in the piss poor James Franco film. Uh, As I lay dying. It was. The, yeah, it was the adaptation of that novel. Um, And I wasn't a fan of the novel. I don't think that I've really ever read it. So for for our, for our, well, if I did, it was in school and I've forgotten, you know? Yeah. Who was that? Robert Frost. Did I? I Um, but anyway, yeah. So for our literary listeners that might be listening for the first time, uh, we are not (laughs) up to date on all of our literature. (laughs) (laughs) Up to date on books written like. (laughs) 40 years ago yeah yeah we we're definitely much more just current genre fiction so 
And uh, I don't know why I'm explaining what our show. I is. don't either, but I'm just gonna let you get. I'm just gonna let you go. Well, the thing is, it's always every episode's uh, gonna be Faulkner. Faulkner. Who did I say? Yeah. Robert Frost. Robert Frost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he was the dude that uh, did the fork in the road. You know, the life less chosen, right? Um. Yeah, that was him or Tennyson. Nah, it, it's gonna be Frost. <laughs> I just want to watch you Google it. No, all I was saying is it's going to be someone's first show every episode. You know? No. If anything, it's <laughs> less and less last <laughs> shows the previous episode. Yeah, I guess. Hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll hit our stride and and get away from just dozens and dozens of listeners. I, I feel like we do better when there's less listeners. <laughs> less less pressure. <laughs> Um, well, uh, all I was going to say is, yeah, his acting was good in that film. That film was bizarre and not really that good. Um, (laughs) so what, uh, what else you got? Uh, let's see. There was another trailer that I don't remember what it was now. What? Um, well, the Deadpool teaser came out. Did you see that? Yes. And I'm excited. (laughs) I know. But it, it's just it was funny because I was like, I hope he's in this phone booth. If you haven't seen it, he's changing his costumes in a phone booth. But I was like, I hope he's in it for this whole preview. And he pretty much was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, no, that was good. But uh, there's not really much to say because it's not going to tie into the movie at all or anything like that. But it is good to know that it's um, being made, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that actually, but I mean, they would have been stupid not to, because um, Deadpool did so well. But uh, other thing I was going to say um, is that uh, Jordan Peele is going to do a whole series of movies uh, based on um, you know the the inner monsters sort of thing, like racism and junk, like, like Get Out. Yeah, sociological. Yeah, m- monsters. Uh, yeah. Um. I read that too. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Maybe I got mine from a not business insider. But, <laughs> but that's I mean, where I get all my movie news. I, all I was gonna even talk about this time is that I saw Get Out. So what a perfect segue. Um, oh, it's almost like we planned it. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, we literally didn't. Uh, that based on you know Get Out, that is a really really good idea for him. The only thing that it runs the risk of is him pigeonholing himself into, you know, horror is such a big genre. And at some point in time, it's good to be able to do anything. That's why you see people, you know, Wes Craven wasn't strictly slashers. Yes, he did a lot of slashers, but, you know, he Mm -hmm. did all sorts of stuff. But if anyone's... John Carpenter, same thing. He did like Assault on Precinct 13. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, the uh, escape froms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's betting 50 50 on that one. Hey. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, obviously, escape from what was it? New York, the second one? And New York was first, then LA. Oh, oh, okay. I get them confused, the titles. LA sucked. I, I always <laughs> think that the LA one was in New York. Yeah. 
So, just, <laughs> anyway. yeah, dude there was a scene where he's riding that wave with uh <laughs> that's what tom I, petty that's what I, was it tom petty wait no 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 it was uh <laughs> it wasn't tom petty it was um the surf guy oh god who was it kelly slater uh, <laughs> <laughs> what um it doesn't matter. Yeah, so for our movie going audience, we are not up to date on our movies either. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, no, but if anyone is capable of doing it based on Get Out, it would be him. Uh, you Peter know, Fonda. <laughs> he was a surf. Yeah, it was Peter Fonda. Uh, and he, he surfed with Kurt Russell in um, Escape from L.A. Ah, uh, okay. His name was Pipeline. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know. Get Out hit all the right notes. Um, You know, I'd give it a four and a half out of five. It was really, really good. Um, That said, it wasn't really that scary, per se, but it was just a really good movie. And... Uh, I'm, I'm really excited that he's going to be doing more like that, but you know, if you get to the base of key and peel, most of that is kind of sociological type stuff. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't all exploring racism or anything, but they did no. quite a few, uh, yeah. like it wasn't all just silly humor that's baseless, you know? Mm-hmm. So no, key and peel is a really smart show. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. So yeah, so he said he said he's got four of them planned out for over the next decade. That's cool. I don't I don't know if that was counting Get Out or not. Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre to me that there was such a right wing backlash on Get Out. Like, yeah, because if anything, it's critical of like liberals, right? Yeah, but you don't really know that until you see the film. You know, yeah. the the trailers don't make it look like that. Yeah. Really. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of more or less just uh, a tale of, you know, in sheep's clothing, wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, so it's it's guess who's coming to dinner. Sort of, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Weirdly enough, that was a more lighthearted film than the one that came yeah. from the director of Kim Peele. <laughs> or from one of Kim Pill. Um but yeah, well, <laughs> that's cool. Well, uh have you seen Logan yet? I have not. I haven't either. I, I did, did you? <laughs> no. Um let's talk about movies we haven't seen. No, all I was going <laughs> to say is I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. Yeah, I hear it's really good. So, I'm kind of pumped about that. So, so I just wonder if it's actually going to be his last movie as Wolverine. Until it makes a bajillion dollars and then they're like, Logan yeah. 2, still clawing around. <laughs> still clawing. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it's going to set it up more for uh, X-23 or whatever her name is to fill his shoes eventually. Probably. Well, all right. She's doing that in the comics too right now. Oh really? And, yeah, and Wolverine is actually dead. An old man, Logan, or what? N- no, in in the main, she's she's in the the Wolverine comic. Oh okay. Like she's Wolverine now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because he's dead. 
<laughs> oh, really? I, yeah. I, I didn't catch that. Uh, I don't know. That's odd, but I'm, I don't really follow the comics. I haven't no, since no. I was like 12 as far as X-Men goes. So whatever. I, I'm too far removed. Like the part of me that's like an old man, get off my lawn type shit is like, why would they do that? <laughs> you know, but then, <laughs> but then I, I remember I haven't read it in 20 years. So eh. <laughs> doesn't really affect me. <laughs> but it's the exact like, oh, we want new stories. Wait, we don't want change. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? But all right. Well, uh, what do you want to do first as far as what we're covering? I don't know. Do you want to go like, I don't want to feel at home or I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And then the book and then triple or double X. I was really triple X. <laughs> Dude, the return of Xander Cage. Dude, I would That's be the damn. movie I, I watched. <laughs> hey, one episode we really should do like all three triple X films. Oh my God. They're so bad. <laughs> I know. I've seen the first two. I saw one at your house. Yeah. <laughs> in the first one. He he slides down those that staircase on a serving platter, <laughs> like a skateboard. Yeah. Um. Oh, in the second one, Ice T is the the double X guy or triple X guy. It's Ice Cube, right? dude. Ice Cube, whatever. And um, he he he's following a train with his car, and he jumps on the train tracks, and the train tracks rip his tires off. And then he proceeds to follow the train on his rims on the tire, uh, like on the um, train tracks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, those are films. But yep. <laughs> well, let's let's take a break. We'll come back with our review of I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Two versus three nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and <laughs> episodes available at the B and E Network. <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and Gigglefits. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. And we're back with I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, directed and written by Macon Blair. Yeah, it's a how would you describe this movie? Um, Detective? Is it a detective movie? (laughs) Okay, so from the preview, kind of the preview made it look more like falling down or something like that. And it kind of is. I, I could see it as a humorous falling down. Yeah, but what's so odd, and we'll get in into this, is tonally it's so uneven. Yeah. Like it, it's humorous, and then all of a sudden, like not, you know? Yeah, I I think I have in my notes, um, like I don't even know, uh, what this kind of movie is. Like, it what is this? <laughs> like it says, what is this? A comedy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like is it a comedy or like a neo noir or what? I don't know. There's no voiceover. But, That's my one rule for noir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, in a nutshell, this woman is not finding anything redeemable in society. 
And yeah. then at the same time, she finds out that her uh, someone has ransacked her house and stolen her mother or her grandmother's silver. Silver, yeah. And so, and her laptop. She goes on a quest to find them and bring justice because the police are really not hearing her out in this. And so that, and, and also like, from what I understand, most burglaries are never caught. Like most burglars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are like, yeah. It's honestly like, never caught. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we are so obsessed with like, not me and you, but society is so obsessed on like media that portrays it where like everything's finger dusted and all this stuff. And that's really not, not. They did what, that in the show. Well, I mean, they dusted for prints, but and nobody that I know that has gotten their stuff broken into has ever gotten them being like, Oh, let's dust for prints. Yeah. Um, my car got broken into and they stole some stuff and the cop was like, well, I guess, <laughs> yeah, they were just like, well, there's not really anything we can do. <laughs> yeah. Shit happens, buddy boy. Yeah. That's basically it. I mean, like they stole a jacket. That was the only thing they stole out of there. <laughs> Dude. I will help you out if you want to bring that jacket to justice. <laughs> well, I mean, it was during the middle of winter. And so I assume someone who like broke into a car just to steal a jacket on the back seat needed it more than I did. Now, haven't you gotten yeah. your car broken into more than once or just once? Yes. <laughs> the, the one time they stole my iPod and that was like De- devastating. Devastating. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know how you feel. Uh, and it was, and I had just given my old iPod to Trey, uh-huh. right? And so this was like a new one, and it was like back whenever it was like three twenty gigs or something like that, and it was all awesome. Yeah. And then somebody stole it, dude. I miss those iPod classics big time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but back to the <laughs> film. So so she meets up with Elijah Wood, who his character is kind of like the uncle from Napoleon Dynamite. He's a mall ninja. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So. But, but I mean, it's like you kind of don't expect it, right? Like I wasn't expecting him to be a mall ninja. I wasn't and, expecting and then, Elijah like, Wood. <laughs> uh, he's on the like freaking poster. I didn't look at the poster. I, I saw a preview like months and months ago. And whenever I saw that it was out, I just turned it on. All right. So I wasn't yeah. expecting him. I wasn't expecting Jane Le- uh, Levy. I guess it's Levy, uh, the the actress from the Evil Dead remake. Mm-hmm. wasn't expecting her. I wasn't expecting a lot from Wait. this film. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, um, yeah, no, I mean like, okay, so so her house gets broken into. Um, she has been like basically shit on for her life, right? Um, everything goes wrong. Like there was, uh, okay, we'll get to that in a second, but like, so her house gets broken into cops won't help her. So she goes on a mission basically to find the, the perpetrators, right? Cause she has like one of those cell phone apps that tracks where your computer is and that's what starts it. Yeah. Right? And so it leads her down a path like it's almost Very strange path. Yeah. It's almost like funnels upon funnels are being opened up as far as. She finds the guy, but that leads her into a bigger 
and quote unquote bigger. It's just a small gang. Uh, yeah, three people. <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a bigger thing. But then the parents of the guy that took her silver, well, they're bad too. And so it just kind of, she's just in one shit storm after another and trying to get yeah. her silver back. And yeah, um, that honestly, I don't know that we can get much further into as far as the plot itself goes. But let's get into some of the execution. That's basically all the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's we not ruined really... it all. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. That's how they work, right? After the fact. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we do them. <laughs> um, but I thought that this was, uh, you know, like we said before, the tone was so uneven that it was very unique of a film. Mm hmm. Um, I felt that it, it was comedic in all the right places and the ex- unexpected like violence that happens is so jarring because mm-hmm. the violence is not toned down at all in this film when it does happen. Which, which admittedly is pretty rare, honestly. Yeah, in, in the film or... In the film. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I really, really liked it. It kind of reminded me of kick ass or God bless America. Uh, or, uh, or what's that other super? Yeah. A lot yeah. like super, especially tonally. Yeah. But see, I think, I think it had the, the unevenness I think worked for it in this movie. Um, because it was fairly realistic uh-huh. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of like what life is. You know, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's shit, and then that's it. And then sometimes incredibly violent. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I was thinking the whole time while watching it, it was kind of like God Bless America, but where God Bless America was overly uh, satirical. Mm-hmm. This one, where almost a lot of the people were just caricatures of themselves, this all felt like, oh, these people could really be out there. Yeah, I I just looked at my notes. Um, I have the synopsis written down. It it just says synopsis. Everyone sucks. (laughs) That's that's my synopsis for this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, they kind of like made this at the right time, too, because Mm -hmm. uh, I I think there's a huge, huge um, level of cynicism right now, uh, culturally. You know? Why? Though? <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know because there's not really I don't know, but I think it it goes on both sides of like politics. Like both sides are very very cynical right now. You know? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. No. I just I just want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I'd love to hear yours. I'm fine. <laughs> so, anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so in an age where people are pretty much uh, internet trolls <laughs> personified, like they actually took the the internet trolls into real life, uh, this woman dares to fight back. <laughs> but I, okay, so there there was a there was a couple parts that really really made me laugh, uh-huh. like like genuinely thought they were hilarious. Um, so when she decides to take it upon herself to to embark on this like quest or whatever to get her stuff back, uh-huh. okay, um, she finds like a 
a uh, footprint in the backyard and she's going to make a cast out of it. And so there's like this montage of her like doing like detective stuff. Right. And then um, like in the middle of the montage, like stuff would happen that stops her. And so like the montage would stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. like she's she's like buying plaster of Paris and then somebody cuts her off in line like to go in front of her at the checkout. And so like the montage stops and she just sits there for a while. And then the montage starts back up. <laughs> and it's like um they did that twice, I think, like uh in another montage later. But it was just great. Um you know, and I think it actually like was telling of her character too, you know, because you know, uh, she she gets pushed around a lot, but it's kind of because I hate to say this, but she's kind of spineless. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and so the the whole movie is sort of about her that growth from going from that to so whatever. Um, that and the hacking scene later, whenever he's looking up the license plate number of that car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so great. I'm not going to lie. My biggest laughs were totally different parts. Uh, One of which being the very one of the very first things that happens in the movie where like because she's a nurse at the hospital and this woman is just like yelling. Yeah. Rambling a bunch of just evil racist shit. (laughs) like on her deathbed and then she goes to the family and they're like what were her last words (laughs) that and then like and she just kind of sits there silent you know because she's not wanting to uh paint her in a bad light and then also about that same lady later whenever she's smoking weed with her friend and her friend is like you know what uh uh you know, it sucks to lose a patient at work. And she's like, no, she was just a horrible piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Those two actually were the parts in the film that made me laugh the most. But all in all, like just the film was just so, so random for lack of a better word. But, but not random. Like it doesn't make any sense. No random and grounded and, and honestly pretty realistic. Yeah, right. random in the hipster cliche type. Oh, it, this is not how you see normal films presented. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's random. You know that kind of way. Basically, I'm just a big hipster. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, your handlebar mustache is coming in nicely. <laughs> yeah, I'm sipping on an old fashioned right now. Dude, so, old fashions are awesome. Uh, of course, they, of course they are hipster. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but I'm not uh, a hipster. I'm just a snob. <laughs> yeah yeah uh but i don't know i i really really liked it like a yeah. lot a lot more than i was expecting to uh i think netflix is putting out just some really really cool stuff right now um on par with the better networks like hbo and stuff like that they mm-hmm. are really really <laughs> killing it uh can't yeah. wait to see what else i i'm to the point where it used to be like, oh, this is a Netflix original. It kind of cheapens it to actually like whenever Netflix pops up and it's like suggestion for one of their original films. I'm like, hell yeah, let's check it, it out. It sure is funny how often the Netflix produced things pop up in my suggested feed. Uh, every time they put anything out. I know. And, and plus, uh, 
I mean, did, do you get the phone updates where it's like, check yeah. this out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that, uh, because we never made multiple profiles. So me and uh, my wife and my daughter, we all watch the same stuff. So it's like, check it out. Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? Wait, wait, the, the old, like, one from the 90s? No. Or early 2000s? I believe there was a Netflix remake. I uh. could be wrong, because that was one of the ones that I was like, nope, not going to click it. But, um, but yeah, so all in all, uh, I felt the pacing was tight, and it, it kept leading you down a path that was unexpected. The tone was uneven, but not to the point of the detriment of the film. Like almost mm-hmm. like it was a strength. Um, yeah. The directing was tight. There was not a scene that I would have excluded or felt like it dragged on too long. And um, the yeah, acting everything was pretty purposeful. Yeah. And the acting was was solid. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Melanie Linsky did a great job as she's normally in a lot of the films that I've seen other than I believe she was the romantic lead in Happy Christmas which was a great, great film. Um, uh, She's been resigned to do a lot of bit parts here and there. Most notably the one, uh, what was it? Rose from two and a half men. Yeah. Um, But looking at the IMDb page, I've never watched uh, two and a half men. Yeah. Well, um, of course you haven't hipster. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, So anyway, yeah, uh, she, she was really, really like a really good and uh, effective lead. And mm-hmm. so anyway, all in all, I'm going to say a strong three and a half out of five. I was actually going to go four. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, pretty much everything what you just said. Um, and then it just, I don't know. Some, it just kind of clicked with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, I liked it a lot. It was really entertaining. Um, yeah. I don't know. All right. I don't know if I got anything else to say about it. I mean, because like there's there's some other things, obviously, but I don't want to give too much away because the part of this movie was, you know, it was like a whodunit, you know, sort of. I mean, you, you know who did it, um, you know, less than halfway into the movie. Right. Um, but the reasons why and stuff unravel as you go. Um, so I don't want to give away too much of it, but I, I don't know. I really, really liked it. So four out of five. You know, I think I'm going to bump mine up to a four. Uh, I do. Uh, it, instead of a throne. on the hype wagon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm just thinking comparable to other things I've given three and a half. I will probably, I'll probably end up watching this again. So. I don't know, but eh, screw it. Three and a half. Uh, very, <laughs> very strong three and a half. <laughs> three, three and a half and I won't watch it ever again. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna cancel Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we will be back uh, at, right after this. <clears throat> Would you please remove your podcast from the Internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. 
This one, I this one uh, was right out here. Place for it was free. Now, if I, I got to get somebody half of that, I guess we're supposed to be talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? All right, we're back. Uh, We are talking Where the Monsters Live. Written by Duncan Ralston, author of Salvage and Womb among many others. But um yeah. Uh, this is only the second thing I've read by Duncan Ralston. I read Womb and I'm reading this. <laughs> and I loved Womb as I've talked about many times on this show. So I was really really excited to cover this. Mm-hmm. Um this is a dark dark story. I, I I was thinking about it. This might technically be the darkest thing we've ever read. You think? <laughs> Maybe, but because it's because just because of subject matter. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, I mean, like, the, the darkest thing we've ever covered. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I've read equally dark things, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, oh, go ahead. Just just because like, you know, even super violent splatterpunk stuff is still it's not realistic. You know, I mean, I guess it is in certain ways, but like it's not as real as, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's almost it's almost caricature or stylized violence, whereas yeah. this is like uh, not gratuitous violence, but mm-hmm. the content is so it's, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's very unsettling. And it's not a far uh, also like the film we just reviewed. It's not a far cry from anything you know unrealistic there's terrible yeah. terrible shit that happens and the way that this father copes it wasn't unrealistic in any way to me you know so we should probably say what this book's about uh-huh yeah so this book uh uh father it, it starts out with him living under uh, under bridges on the outskirts of town um and it kind of works its way back from there and what it what it is is his daughter was raped, and he, the this uh, politician in the town had made it so that their laws uh, made people that were sex offenders all live in a certain radius outside of or a certain uh, distance outside of certain things like schools and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like twenty five hundred feet. But everything overlapped so much that there was only like two sections of town that they could actually live in. Yep. And so they, they all kind of congregated. One of them was under an overpass. Yeah. So they congregated under this overpass. And so what he's doing is he's infiltrating their group to, yeah, you're right. I would never, (laughs) I would never, ever live among that. But, uh, but he, I would definitely seek vengeance. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, so he's living amongst these people to try to uh, uh, seek vengeance and and identify, I forget what they called him, the the Rabbit Man. Yeah, I identify the Rabbit Man, uh, which was the person that uh, you know m- m- attacked his daughter. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, um, but he's also you know 
it's not like he's living a double life. He straight up left his family yeah. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, much to his wife's chagrin. <laughs> probably the wrong word to use but much to uh, much to her urgence that uh you know please don't do this he still said screw it and went to go seek uh cold vengeance uh, against this man <clears throat> yeah and uh it's definitely a noir i would say this is a noir yeah uh this is not like a horror story but no it's it's so much rooted in the genre because of the uncomfort and the fact that this kind of shit happens. Yeah. That, yeah, this is like real horror. It, it's not a horror story, but it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't like get the vapors or anything and pass out. <laughs> Dude, my hair's turned white. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I it, honestly, this uh, the plot, not so much uh, the plot itself, but the structure of the plot reminded me a lot of, I believe, one of the first things we ever read that Joe R. Lansdale tell um oh, yeah, yeah. what was it smoke or fire where he infiltrated the gang that wasn't the title of it <laughs> yeah I, I thought it smoke uh, smoke and fire bullets i think and it's smoke. smoke and smoke and smoke and bullets <laughs> <laughs> dude fire. that was like years ago that was i think it was the first episode but oh my god anyway yeah it reminded me a lot of I'll that tale. <laughs> no it's fine you can talk I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, it, no, that's what I mean. Basically, this and I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Are, were almost the same plot in a way. You know, it was um, it was a person going to find their own justice because uh, of like inept policemen. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know if you'd consider them to be really inept in this one. Uh, because it's just like they did their they did their work, but just nothing came of it, you know? Yeah. Also, it was called Bullets and Fire. <laughs> bullets and Fire. Yeah. Smoking Bullets, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah. That was a good book, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, So, yeah, yeah. It, it was all shoddy police work. Uh, not shoddy. <laughs> okay, sorry. I mean, I'm pretty sure the majority of crimes go unpunished. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. It's just a fact. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was the fact that justice went unserved in both places, and in real life, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about. All. I don't know either. Yeah. I, I have no stats, but I definitely know that sometimes it doesn't happen. Well, how would you have stats if like the, like, you know what I mean? Like for an unknown anyway, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really, really like this. I like the fact that this story, like it, it, it was well-written. Um, yeah. Very, very well written. And it it felt so realistic and uncomfortable that it makes it hard to recommend. 
<laughs> you know, it's like 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 five stars. Don't read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, among genre fan, uh, fiction fans, like I almost said genre fanfic. <laughs> Freddie and Jason just getting it. <laughs> yeah. That where the monsters live slash fiction, huh? <laughs> no, but uh, among like genre fans, this would be a definite high recommendation. But it's not like something that you'd recommend to your grandma to read, no. Unless your grandma's super into genre fiction, uh, but one of my grandmas is super into The Walking Dead. Really? Yeah. Huh? Are you still into it? Uh, yeah, I'm behind an episode or two just cause we've been busy, but yeah. Yeah. I hadn't heard you talk about walking dead in a while. That's because you don't asking. care. <laughs> yeah. You've probably been talking about it and I just tuned you out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> Typing on your phone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. The pacing was brisk, but it also wasn't a very long story. It's like 40 pages, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, this is something you could comfortably read in an hour easily. So yeah, um, what do you think the strengths of this versus the you know weaknesses of the story? <laughs> well, no, I mean like okay, um, I I thought it was you know the there was. It wasn't so much like a linear narrative, which I think helped keep things um, at least a little bit mysterious. Like you had no idea why they called it Rabbit Man for, for the whole first half of the book. Um, you know, it kept you engaged. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, uneasy subject content, but like it was never really in your face about it. You yeah, know it I mean? was never gratuitous. It, it was. It was it was handled with care, um, you know, even like the later scenes and stuff. Um, and it was more about the emotional impact of the event mm-hmm. on um, everyone involved. Uh, and so and how um, people come to terms with different like with things like that, you know, uh, I mean, it didn't go into detail with that. But I mean, it was definitely like a little snapshot of. Uh, a couple different ways you can deal with the fallout. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was well written. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if there's really any negative points to it because I mean, it was a short story, but it, I don't know. There wasn't really anything glaringly <laughs> wrong out to me. Yeah. Or anything like that. Yeah. You know, no, I, I agree. And I think that uh, one thing that you had previously mentioned, you know, it was handled with care was probably the best thing for this type of story. Um, yeah. The fact that it wasn't gratuitous, uh, except for when needed, is the yeah. best thing for this type of story. Because no offense, I don't really want to read the gr- yeah. gratuitous if version it, of if, this story. If it would have been like a chapter de- <laughs> detailing the the actual like rape <laughs> yeah exactly like we've been like why did this need to be in there yeah yeah that might have affected our review rating of Maybe. This. but um whereas uh, i was uh, honestly i got this because it was free and mm-hmm. i wanted to read some more duncan ralston 
Um, mm-hmm. Womb was one of the very few books that I bought in ebook and paperback because it's that good. And it is over the top gr- gratuitous. And it wasn't until after I bought it and had you buy, buy this that I noticed what the plot was. And I was like, son of a bitch, this could really go bad. Like, because Womb is just, uh, dude, it, you've got to read it. Uh, uh, so this was uh, this subject matter. I was like, shit, this might be bad. <laughs> but, um, but. No, it was handled with care. That I can't find honestly anything to uh, criticize about it. In fact, even whenever I knew that the ending was coming up, I was like, "Shit!" If it has like just an abrupt ending of him walking back into the house or anything like that, I'm gonna be bummed because it does. So much of this was about like the way that he coped with it. There's mm-hmm. still coping to do after uh, the climax. And the yeah. fact that that was addressed even gives it props, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so, out of five, I would say this is an extremely long or extremely strong four. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, not to say that it was. There's nothing that I can suggest that uh, would strengthen the story, but at the same time, I don't know that this is something i would ever read again because Mm -hmm. of the the hard uh the content but uh i would you know if you're a fan of of noirs and um aren't (laughs) thin-skinned you know this is definitely something to read yeah i mean it's it's definitely a good book i don't know if i'd call it fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but it's it's well done definitely I was thinking this, this especially would be like, this would be an amazing film. You know, it's like prime for adaptation. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anyone that, uh, that, you know, people are really delicate about this issue as they should be. But on the other hand, I don't know really anyone that sympathizes with the, the quote unquote monsters of this story. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. Fuck them. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. I mean, like, even other people in prison and stuff, like, look down on, yeah. on people who do that. Like, yeah. you know, and they get beat up and killed and stuff in like, prison yep. often. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, so you got strong four, uh, strong yeah. four. All right, well, definitely solid, solid four. Yeah, and I I believe now that it's not free because it was only free for a certain uh, time. I believe it's only ninety nine cents now, and well worth in every penny. So check yeah. it out. Uh, that's where the monsters live by Duncan Ralston. We'll be back with our review of XX. You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon, and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car, grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a Lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers? Slingshot. <gasps> yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. 
The Basement on a Hill, horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. All right, we're back. This is XX. It's a new uh, anthology film that uh, is named XX because, you know, chromosomes. And this is all, uh, this was, was it written and directed by all females or Uh, just directed? Everything was written and directed by all females except for the first one um, was, uh, the story was by Jack Ketchum. Oh, okay. Um, but it was still like rewritten, like the screenplay was rewritten for uh, by uh, a woman. Okay, one of the other directors. Now I'm not the, gonna the actual director who directed the box. Not gonna lie, I assumed with that, you know, being the premise and uh, tagline of the movie, you know, or title of the movie XX. I assumed this would be a little more socially conscious instead of just hey, here's some directorial offerings from females. And it yeah. wasn't, there was nothing really social about no. this film, but uh, I I really actually that, that was, liked that it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was kind of refreshing, actually. Yeah. Because because here's the thing. It, okay. Uh, prepare for hate mail. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so uh, like, I think it's really cool that this is an, like a, a, a anthology written and directed by women. That's awesome. Okay. Um, but the fact that they're women shouldn't have any like distinction on the merit of their works. Nor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nor, mm-hmm. nor does it have to influence, you know, what they do. What they do. What, yeah, like, exactly. They're just fans um, of, of horror. Exactly. And so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and that's why I was very happy that this wasn't, uh, like that, you know, that this wasn't just politically charged because then it kind of, in a way it kind of makes it a stunt versus an actual film. It, exactly. I, I agree with that. Um, like I really think <laughs> if that, we, if we get hate mail over those statements, Oh my we God, probably, <laughs> we probably will. <laughs> um, but, but the, yeah, that's the thing is like, there shouldn't need to, and like, I'm really happy that, you know, this is probably going to influence other, um, probably little, like little girls, you know, maybe not little girls, but we'll see. But like, you know, yeah, to, why to, are to little show, girls able to watch this film? Right? That's what I, that's what I was saying. Like little girls. Okay. So like teenagers and stuff, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and show them that, yeah, you know, they can do horror too. It doesn't matter. It's not a boy's game. Yeah. Right. But hopefully we'll reach the point where it truly doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And like men and women or whoever um, can write and direct and film their own movies that they want to make, regardless of what like gender says they should do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at like to me, it. I'm not. It's so easy just to sound like uh, like you're uh, I don't know trying to be some sort of intellectual elite by saying that it doesn't matter, you know, like it sounds, but honestly, it doesn't matter to me at all. If you write good, if you direct, well, like you write good, I know, I know. (laughs) No, but you know, like if, if you excel in your craft, then it doesn't matter. Like a shitty movie either way. 
I, I could care less if it's a guy or girl. If you make Troll 2, which was a dude, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. going to call how you many, out for making Troll how, 2. How many Yui Bowl movies were made by a guy? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I really think among a lot of people, it doesn't matter. However, we're covering yep. it because it was. So, yeah. you know. See, well, see, see, that's the thing is like, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> but it does sort of right or or maybe it's not that it okay maybe matters is a different thing like things are still um at a point where touted, they touted okay. as sort of an anomaly you know it's like look at this movie made by a woman right <laughs> and it's like it becomes a like a selling point because it's still kind of strange it's still not really um super mainstream yeah i but, mean the the it just doesn't seem like a lot of studios give them chances and at the same time there's less and which proportionately there should be the same number you know so yeah, there exactly. is something going on with it but yeah we have spent uh four minutes talking about <laughs> this is quality content craig <laughs> uh, about uh this movie existing existing <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um that said so this uh, is that said it was made by girls and it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that said lighted on fire. Am I right? No, um, no. So, uh, you know, this is kind of along the lines of like a creep show or any of that. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the word anthology. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a collection of four films. Um, one thing that. I'm oh, I get it now. <laughs> I'm really, really bummed to see is the lack of uh, a bookend to a lot of these anthologies. Kind of like Holidays didn't have one. This didn't have one. You know, it this wasn't. One, this one had that sort of like weird dollhouse crypt keeper type thing going on. Yeah, but at the same word. Yeah, at the same time, I got nothing out of that. Yeah. Did you? I mean, uh, it was kind of creepy. And then I thought about like. Uh, there was this stop motion part where it was like a heartbeat, but it was an apple. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. That's a cool use of um, stop motion. And then the apple turned rotten. And then I was like, oh, gross. The, the person who did this stop motion had to touch a rotten apple for a while. Like, that's what got me. About, <laughs> that's the only thing I took away from that. Yeah. Was I wouldn't want to touch a rotten apple for that long. Oh, dude, they should have done it with McDonald's fries and it just looks the same forever. <laughs> you've, you've seen that right how they just yeah. don't rot yeah dude mcdonald's fries are so good they're not my, they're not my favorite i like jack-in-the-box fries way better gross yeah i know that's what everybody's like response to that is i like them soggy and like Sick, overly though. salted <laughs> so it's like everything I hate in a French fry. Oh, no, not me, man. And, like and Jack in the Box for a while had the skin still on them. Oh yeah, I don't yeah. think they do that. That was that was fantastic. No, not because they hadn't done that since a lot of people died from eating, you know, uh, potato skins. Yeah, because they're poisonous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, T but the potatoes are a member of the nightshade family. <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> so let's get back I, to the story i'm saying that the b and b and e could stand for botany if we really try <laughs> dude i say let's go for it and no one's listening either way right yeah <laughs> so what's a good e replacement though um electrobotany where we just 
<laughs> we just cover like, uh, like making clocks out of potatoes. No, I'm there j- you go. <laughs> well, I was just saying like we just cover like the uh, the plant like the vegetation in Minecraft. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So anyway, right, we've got way off on a tangent here. All right. Yeah. No. So this let's just, let's just go in order, I guess. Yeah. So or, unless f- you had something else you were going to say about it. No. The first segment, um, possibly box. box. Yeah. Possibly my favorite in the, in the, uh, collection. It, yeah. It was, uh, about this woman and her son, they're on a train, and he was given a box, and then no, all, he looked. In oh, a box. he looked in a box, and then all of the, this. There was a stranger on a train who had a box, and the kid was like, "Hey, Mister, what's in the box?" And she's like, "Don't be such a little jerk and ask kids or ask questions to strangers." And the guy's like, "Well, here, look in it." And uh, yeah, that's what starts everything. Yeah, and then her son quits eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like a it's not like a oh he quits eating and he's given some sort of powers no that does yeah. not happen. He's just wilting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh from there it kind of spirals further and further into, you know, him telling the secrets of the box or uh, we're assuming that because uh all of that you know, it it never fills the audience in on it on mm. what happened, but <clears throat> uh, it, it starts expanding to other members of the family until it just ruins this entire family. Yeah, um, that I, I think that one was my favorite too. Yeah, it was so. <laughs> it's just good. so happy. Yeah, it <laughs> it was such a downer, but so good, and it had uh, a very very brutal ending it actually had two (laughs) two brutal endings it was almost like a choose your own adventure because if you turned it off three minutes prior to when it actually ended that ending was brutal as well the dream sequence what we're assuming is a dream sequence yeah yeah um which would have made for an effective ending as well um yeah but i think it would have been effective but it wouldn't have been as good yeah no, I got you. Um, I'm happy. This one was way better. I'm well. I'll I'll say when that happened. I was like, "Are you serious? That's kind of cheesy, but awesome." Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then uh, it looked really good. Yeah. Special effects were good. Yeah, the effects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very very good. Um, I I really really enjoyed that sequence. Um, and so it goes from there into and, what was the second and, one? And good child actors. Yeah, what the hell? What the hell, yeah. rest of Hollywood? Have you been hiding? <laughs> have you been hiding good child actors in the hands of the the female directors? You're not giving a chance to make films. Is that what's going on here? So we should probably say that that one was written and directed by Giovanna Vokovic. I'm probably mispronouncing that. That's okay. I mispronounce everyone's names on this show. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of my shtick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor education is my state. My yeah. state. Um uh yeah, now had she done anything else? Uh, a, a couple of other shorts. Mm-hmm. Um and then she's got uh she's attached to a documentary that's been announced um called How We Die. Yeah. Uh that I don't know what that's about. 
<laughs> I realize you're being serious, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it has something it's, to do it's, with death. It's a, uh, according to IMDb, a morbidly beautiful journey into the world of alternative post-mortem arrangements. So, like, um, you know, whenever they pose people, like, in a car and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you ever watched um, My Name is Earl. Um, what their uh, what their mortician did, uh, who was played by um, John Waters, uh huh, that's what he did. Was set up alternative more uh, post mortem arrangements. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm just reading the synopsis. So this particular story, what would you rate it? Um, I really liked this one. I'd say probably four four and a half. Yeah, I would go with four and a half on this one. Yeah. I loved this one. Um, now then that goes to the next one, which I believe is just called what birthday, the birthday party, the birthday party. Yeah. So this one is, uh, written and directed, um, by Annie Clark, also known as the musician St. Vincent. Really? Yeah. I did not put those two together cause I saw Annie Clark and yeah, I'm seeing it now. St. Vincent. Wow. Okay, so it's also starring Melanie Linsky. Yeah, <laughs> which I was like, really? <laughs> weird. Like we, there's always weird links in the stuff we choose, but we never do it on purpose. No. So, uh, this lady, it's her daughter's birthday party, and she finds her husband dead from a drug overdose, and she decides to go on with the party by putting him in a panda costume. And lets the party go on. <laughs> so, so, so that was a bad choice, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this one is not. This one is just dark humor, not really horror yeah. in any way. And yeah. it wraps it up with like retitling it <laughs> after yeah. what happens, which kind of saves it in a way because nothing really happens in this whole thing. It's just a woman coping with her her husband's. Possible suicide at the same and, time and, is her daughter's birthday party. And one of those, like, you know, the the cartoon tropes where, um, you know, you're trying to hide from someone, but they like other people keep coming around corners and you have to go like around the other way and, you know, like hijinks. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's kind of like that meets like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which also was a whole film of that. Right. Yeah. Well, no, Weekend at Bernie's, they um, carefully crafted with strings and wires, like, you know, the ability for him to move and stuff. Dude, I love Weekend at Bernie's, too, where just music, you know, he's under a voodoo spell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the voodoo spell for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was an interesting twist on that mythos. Like, they were like, fuck <laughs> it, we're jumping the shark on the second entry, right? Well, honestly, where else do you go with that, though? <laughs> just... Them carrying a casket everywhere. <laughs> like, nah, I mean, man, he's still alive. Eventually he's going to start rotting. Yeah. So, um. That's the sad truth about Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this one, much more comedic in tone. Yeah. Um, not what I would consider horror, but it kind of, it breaks up this anthology in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's like you said, it's, it's dark humor more than anything. Yeah. So out of five, I would give this a two and a half possible three. Yeah, I was, th- I was leaning towards three. Um, like when, when this thing is basically 
touted as a horror yeah. anthology. I, I felt like it kind of didn't fit. I mean, I guess like the whole existential horror of it all, like your husband killing himself and then you got to deal with it, you know, with your kid and stuff like that. It's a birthday and you don't want to ruin it. But like to me, it, it, it was good, you know, but it didn't really like fit with what I was expecting. What also was plotless. It was more of like, oh, that's a cool idea. And that's yeah. it, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, whatever. It was fine. Took 15 minutes. <laughs> you know? Like, that's kind of yeah. where I was with that one. Um, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, it was well done. It just wasn't really what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next one was uh, Don't Fall, written yes. or directed by Roxanne Benjamin. Correct. And she did an entry in Southbound as well, which yeah. is one of the very few things on this podcast we've given five stars to. Dude, Southbound was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but oh, anyway. Rotten Tomatoes is a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're a liar. That's 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, don't fall. And it's a story of people camping. <laughs> yeah. And it gets its title from that thing where there, somebody's on the edge of something and you push them and you're like, don't fall. But you catch it and like you pull them back. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I hate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're afraid of heights, right? Well, kind of. I'm more afraid of the actual falling part. So you're afraid of heights, right? <laughs> no. I mean, I like being up high. Like, I love airplane rides. Um, I like going to those, like, observation decks and stuff, like, on the tops of things. Yeah. Um, I, there's, like, this one in, I think, it's, I think it's in, like, Chicago or something now, where, like, you can go up into it, and, like, you lean up against the window, and then the window, like, comes out at, like, a 45-degree angle and, like, puts you, like, so you're leaning on the window. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I want to do that. That sounds awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I just don't fall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but mostly so, just so, so I can stay out of Chicago. <laughs> dude, I love Chicago. <laughs> it, dude, the only time I went, I, it was probably the coolest city I've ever been in. Yeah. It's where they filmed Batman or Batman Begins and Dark Knight and the yeah. other one. Anyway, um, so this movie or this, this one is basically. Um, like a like a campfire story almost, you know, like it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, and there was a monster, but it's like actually happening to the campfire people. Yeah, they see a <laughs> cave painting that yeah. they can't quite, you know, make out, but they also don't make a big deal about it. They're just like, oh, yeah, well, I bribed a groundskeeper to let us in. They're like, why'd you do that? You know, yeah. <laughs> Like a park ranger. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was some guy at a gas station told him about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, is yeah. what it was. <laughs> Same z. So no Same. one with any authority to let them be there. No, no. Yeah, why would that, you have to bribe actually, that guy? I don't know. <laughs> He's just very loose with money. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. He was just tipping him for information. <laughs> like, thanks for the info, buddy. Here's a tip. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. So honestly, this one kind of 
was neck and neck with the second one with me because there really wasn't plot. Like it was like someone was afraid of heights, but then this monster from the cave painting started killing them one by one and turning them. Well, turning her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'll go ahead. Well, the, the most interesting part for me, um, was the main actress, um, who was, who was in this one. Um, I don't know her name. Brenda, Brenda wool. I believe. Be right. What was it? Brenda uh-huh. wool. Uh, okay. Anyway, she was, she was in an episode of the, the black mirror that I watched recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and one of the few black mirror ones, that's not like horrific. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. And so I think that was her. Maybe it wasn't. Oh, maybe it wasn't her. Anyway, so she looked like this chick from uh, <laughs> from Black Mirror. Um, and so I thought it was the same person and I thought she was uh, basically playing the same character where it's like, the oh, no, guys, don't do that sort of thing. Right. And then um, it was nice to see her go out as like a monster. But apparently it's not even the same person. So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, out of five, what would you give this one? Um, I don't know. Probably a three again. Same here. Only because I mean, the was, the plot wasn't really there. I mean, it was um, as far as the stories go, probably the most gruesome one out of the out of the bunch. You know, definitely the most violent. Um, the the creature effects were good. Like it was shot really well. But I mean, like, you know. What what can you really do in um, like 10 minutes for a, a monster movie? Exactly. Yeah, the the effects were great. I mean, the directing and, and the cinematography were, were good. It's just, to me, the plot really wasn't there. So it was like, eh. Um, well, there kind of wasn't a plot. Yeah. It was, it was four kids get attacked by a monster in the woods. Yeah. I got you. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, to, to be fair, though, that's like you know, replace the number of kids. And that's also like Friday the 13th, you know, and even like lots of other monster movies. I gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We still rated it the same dude, (laughs) dude. Come on, man. Uh, now the next one, uh, to me stood out as a cut above, uh, the Latin, the previous two, her only living son is what it was called. And it was done, yeah. it was written and directed by Karen Kusama, who I believe did the invitation last year. Was it the invitation? Um, let me see. I should have looked at this. Mm. Yeah. The invitation in 2015, which was really good. She also, uh, Jennifer's body. Yeah. Did Jennifer's body, which I loved. I know <laughs> that it kind of. Uh, hurt her career in ways. Um, I listened to an interview with her on Brett East and Ellis podcast where she had kind of talked about that. Um, Are you talking about Karen Kusama? Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, I think other things ruined uh, Megan Fox's career. No, no, no. Just her, <laughs> her career. Because the thing is, she, or no, it wasn't Jennifer's body, I don't believe. What happened was she had directed Girl Fight. Uh, yeah. And kind of hailed as an up and comer. And then they did, she did Eon flux, which bombed. Yeah. Um, and so it was a struggle to get Jennifer's body made or her next work made. 
And so after Jennifer's body, she just toned it back and did a low budget film, which turned out to be The Invitation, which was really, really good. But it it was uh, it kind of suffered from uh, it being slow, but it was a really cool movie about uh, cults. And so Mm -hmm. anyway, um, and this uh, this was also kind of uh, about occult stuff. Not kind of, it was. Uh, It was a woman uh, whose son is uh, kind of, he's going through a rebellious stage near his 18th birthday, and uh, turns out he may or may not be the son of Satan. Yeah. And uh, really, really well handled. Yeah, the acting on this one was really good. Yeah, I was all in on this one. And to me, this one was probably the creepiest of Mm -hmm. them, even though it didn't have a whole lot of blood and guts or anything like that. It still had a little bit, but it was just creepy. There's something inherently creepy about like when kids go bad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like a terrible like reality like found footage show you know like real tv show yeah when like, kids go bad like world scariest kid chases <laughs> yeah i <laughs> say i just pictured it a bunch of like cctv like footage of like kids pushing other kids on the playground <laughs> yeah or just look, that's it looking around and pushing a plate off the off the counter <laughs> like oh it broke like a like a cat yeah yeah exactly <laughs> maybe i'm just thinking of cats um, yeah but no i i really really like this one um uh to me i would say this one's also four four and a half out of five Mm -hmm. um really really well done um i can't think of anything that would have made this one better and i think the difference possibly why the higher ratings go to the one at the beginning and end or that they ran longer they had the opportunity to breathe uh, and and flesh out some of the plot a little and, more. And honestly, that's the way you you do an anthology. Yeah, you put a really good one at the beginning to hook them, and a really good one at the end to close strong. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. It's kind of the opposite of what we did with some of our compilations as a record label. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like good first ten songs. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, which, which were also still really good. If anyone who's uh, listening to this podcast was on one of those compilations, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If y'all want to, um, in fact, some of the audience could PayPal us three dollars, and we will send those compilations. No, uh, send a self-addressed stamped envelope. And oh, we'll yeah. mail you some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um. Yeah, so overall, what would you give this whole thing as a cohesive part? Like um, a cohesive I, I think if work you, if you average it, it probably comes out to be a three and a half. Maybe yeah. maybe technically like 3.25 or something, but I don't think we give quarter stars. No, and I think that this uh, could go unnoticed on certain people's radar. Uh, so that for that and the fact that Together, it worked very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to bump it to a four. I thought it was really, really... I wouldn't have wanted to miss this. Yeah. I'm a huge no, I'm, fan I'm of anthologies, really... and this was a strong one. Yeah. Um, And I can't think of many anthologies where it's equal across the board in terms no. of this being good or bad. So and Southbound was the only one. <laughs> yeah, Southbound, five stars. 
Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I hope that there is an XX2. Yeah. <laughs> did we I both mean, look at I'd that group it. text that came in? Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, I, um, I really like, I liked it a lot. This was a very, very good film. I would, it's worth your rental price. I think it's three ninety nine on iTunes, something mm-hmm. like that. So anyway, I guess, uh, that being said, we will be back next week when we review robot jocks. And oh my God! Can we please? And Call of the Wild. <laughs> oh, can we can we review uh, Call of the Wild Three White Fang Two? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> so we'll see. So, oh my God! Can we please do Robot Jocks? I mean, what are we gonna say? Like, it's already five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we should just make an entire other podcast dedicated to like a scene by scene analysis of robot jocks <laughs> still jocking <laughs> we go jocking off <laughs> with brian and craig <laughs> <laughs> uh, well um i'm not here to know <laughs> no i'm just i'm just setting up the rss feed you don't do that i do that <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Uh, unless there's anything else you got, Brian. No. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. This is Wolfman Jack, and you've been listening to B movies and ebooks. And you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher. And I don't know other places. So anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at BNEPod. And subscribe to the BNE Master Feed if you're a fan and you're a real cool daddy. The podcast you just heard is part of the BNE Network. Brought to you by BMovies and ebooks.com. Yeah.